Welcome to Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are usually here with you on the Community Roundup on the second Sunday of each month, but today we have a bonus edition for you, and we thank Alpha Media for this great opportunity. If you like what you hear, sit tight. I'll let you know at the end of our segment how you can subscribe to our podcast and hear a whole lot more. This show is student interns in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Brianna Meza and Emily Martin. And today on the show, I cannot tell you how excited I am to welcome not only the Cielo Vista Charter Teacher of the Year, the Palm Springs Unified Teacher of the Year, Riverside County Teacher of the Year, but one of only five California State Teachers of the Year, Miss Nietzsche Avina. Welcome, Nietzsche. Thank you, Joan. It's so I, nice I'm, to be here. I'm so excited that you were able to join us. And I can't tell you how proud all of us are of you. And it's all been a, a little a little surreal and uh, a lot stranger than the last time we had a state teacher of the year. And I'm going to blame it on COVID because that, that's what <laughs> it's all about. But you yes. certainly, it, you, luckily you get to keep this title for a while. So yes. we're going to make sure that, you know, you get a little more attention. Not that you haven't had any, but it should be more because this is a stellar achievement Thank and, you. um, we, I, I can't tell you how proud we are of you, as I know your school is, as I know your family is, and the entire Board of Education and, uh, and administration, and oh. all of the parents. So um, thank you, thank you for all that you do. And tell us about your journey into education. Where have you taught and for how long? Okay, so I started my career in San Diego. I taught for the La Mesa Spring Valley School District. And I maybe started as um, either seventh or eighth grade science teacher so long ago, 15 years ago, 2005, and uh, 15, 16 years ago. And um, anyways, I taught middle school since I've been teaching middle school since then. There was one blip in 2011 where they made me, they, you know, they let go a bunch of teachers and I got called in to teach a K-1 combo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, from middle school to K-1, I thought I almost died. I was like a first-year teacher all over again, <laughs> but with a K-1 combo. So, um, yeah, I knew. I was like, okay, I am not an elementary school teacher. I am a middle school teacher through and through. <laughs> so I started in middle school. I'm going to die in middle school. That's why I say I'm going to retire in middle school. And I just, um, you know, when I transferred to Palm Springs Unified um, around 2012, you know, luckily I got um, a teaching job at Desert Springs Middle School. And it was for um, an eighth grade science teacher position. And I just loved it. I mean, you know, I just can't. I don't know. People say middle school, middle schoolers are weird. I, just, I don't know. I love it. I love middle school. So, um, well, I got into education. You. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, thank goodness for that. Cause you know, if you talk to some elementary teachers, they would say the other way around. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what, that's what makes this uh, wonderful world of education and educators 
uh, as great as it is because there's a niche for everybody and uh, we need dedicated teachers at every grade level and um, and middle school kids are weird if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> but- I was such, I mean, I remember seventh grade being the hardest year of my life and yeah. I, I teach seventh grade now. So it's like, it's ironic, right? And I think it's because it was the hardest year of my life that I like to, I want to, I want to connect with those kids because I know they're going through, you know, the hormonal changes. I mean, there's so many things that are happening to them and their bodies and the minds, you know, everything's just exploding for them. And, um, and, you know, with, on top of that, there's this whole pandemic thing, there's social media Right. So, you know, I want to just help them navigate those waters because I feel like um, life today is a little bit harder than it was when I was younger. And so um, just being that um, that kind of like a grounded presence for them. It absolutely is. I mean, we had, you know, or there's always been pressures. There's always been bullying. But, you know, we only had to worry about in-person stuff then. And now with the internet and social media, it's just so much more challenging. So um, why did you choose to go into teaching? Okay, so that's a long story. So I was was in cancer research for a little bit um, when I came back um, after college. I I went to the Philippines. I studied. uh, I didn't study abroad. I actually went to the Philippines to just get to know my roots. And then when I came back, I, I went back to the cancer center. I was working at the cancer center um, in college and it just was just a natural fit. I went back to my old boss and, you know, please hire me. I have to pay off my student loans. I swear I hated it. It was one of those things. Like, I think, you know, every, I think every cancer researcher is, um, they have a special place, you know, um, and I, that wasn't my place. So um, I started working for the San Diego Natural History Museum and I love working with kids and right around that time, um, you know, my eldest brother was going through some mental illness issues, drug abuse issues, and he committed suicide. Oh. And yeah, it was really painful for my family. And um, I don't know, I think it took me about a good year for me to decide, you know what, I want to I want to help kids because he he turned in middle school. I think he was he was always like a, he was a, he was a he was an artist. Um but he started getting in with the wrong crowd. He started doing graffiti art and tagging up the walls in San Diego. I mean, he was like one of the greatest. You could, you, he would say he could, he would claim to fame is that like, you know, people knew him around town, right? The police knew him around town. They knew his name, his tag. And, um, you know, I think his, his, his life really turned in middle school. He started using in middle school, using, you know, marijuana and it just, you know, how, um, you know, teenage brain is growing so much and it's developing so much so that when you start using drugs at that young age, you know, you, it, you develop a lifelong addiction. And right. so that he started, and so he started using it heavier and heavier drugs anyway. So long story short, he committed suicide at age of 27 and, you know, he was, so I decided the year after he passed that I would go into education and that I would, um, you know, teach, um, teach kids in middle school and especially I have a special a soft spot in my heart for the troubled kids you know the kids that I know need some extra help and that's such a gift Nietzsche you know yeah. that um those of us who don't have it like me um I I've always said that 
I education to me is the utmost of importance and teachers yes. are the utmost of importance and that's the good teachers mm. and the, the bad ones should go do something else yes but I wanted to contribute to education and I knew I could never teach because I don't have the patience so I the job that I'm doing is my contribution but I will always and forever be indebted to people like you who dedicate their lives to to kids and when you have a great teacher that that will you know make your life and if you have a terrible teacher it could go the other way so um, we thankfully most of our teachers are on the positive side of the yeah yeah I've been studying this whole thing on um, trauma responsiveness and how teachers mm. can really make a difference in um, oh, kids so that already with pre-existing trauma, like whether it be from generational poverty, you know, their parents are drug addicts, or maybe they're just, you know, they're, they're just having a hard time in life. And especially with the pandemic and what, what happened to our society, you know, I'm sure like even kids that come from really good families, you know, there's some, there's some trauma that happens, you know, life is hard these days. And so, um, you know, if they can come to school and there's a teacher that's there, whose who's, uh, nervous system is regulated, who, you know, is grounded in kindness, then they can come into that space and be okay. You know? Right. Absolutely. So and I'm going to, gonna... that's, that's everything. <laughs> Amen to that. I'm going to ask you a question that I know is going to take you out of your comfort zone because you, okay. like most teachers, are extremely humble and don't like the spotlight on you and think, you know, I'm one of so many who are, you know, dedicated to kids. But, um, you know, take yourself out and, and pretend it is somebody else who's been honored with being selected as a state teacher of the year, what do you think made you stand out from the other candidates? Because there has to be, I don't know, I didn't really do the math, but Riverside County had four and every county has a certain number depending on the size. So we're looking at at least a hundred or more yeah. candidates and they picked five. So yeah. why do you think they picked two? Well, I think part of it is my backstory. And I, I told my backstory because I was encouraged Great. by um, my mentors, you know, that, that were in this, this process, uh, you know, um, Jessica Pack, Brian McDaniel, Michelle. I, I mean, there were so many um, PSUSD teachers that, are, that really encouraged me to share my story. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, okay, you know, you're not used to talking about yourself, right? right. So now you have to write these essays about yourself. And so um, what I did is I just started writing and, um, and I started looking at my why, like, why did I get into education? And so, you know, I went back to in my life and I remembered, oh yeah, you know, I was an, I'm an immigrant. I came from the Philippines, you know, I was here uh, at seven. I didn't know how to navigate um, society and like how, you know, how to be, how to behave in, in a different culture, you know, what, what the cultural norms were. And I remember my teacher, Miss Danley, she was my fourth grade teacher and she recognized something in me and she, uh, she knew that I'd be uh, like, I was a good reader. 
So she put me in the special reading group and she would like hold our hands as, you know, she brought us to this like reading corner and we read to her, you know, and I still remember like the imprint of her hand on mine, you know, her warm hand. And, and I just thought, Oh my God, she's so kind, you know? And it's so funny by the time I was in sixth grade, I was um, like, I was reading at a college reading level. Like I really loved to read. Yeah. And it was just that, that connection, that bond with Miss Danley, my fourth grade teacher that like really for me, you know, she, she saw it in me. She she fostered that in me. And so I just read and read and read. And over the summer, I'd go to the library and read books and tons and tons of books. But I don't know. So um, I shared those stories, you know, those vignettes of those, those special teachers that really take advantage of the teachable moment to, to change a child's life. I shared how my brother didn't have that opportunity that um, maybe because, you know, his English was not as smooth as mine. Maybe he didn't read as well. He had dyslexia. Maybe because he was an artist, you know, and he, um, you know, he wasn't so much into books, but he was into art. He was a brilliant artist. I mean, amazing artist. And so um, I think, you know, so my story of how, you know, my family and the education system like kind of collided. <laughs> and then and then what I did with that, you know, I went back into to, I went back to school. I got my master's in education, my teaching credential, single and multiple subject, although I never use the single I will never use a single subject. Just so you know, <laughs> I used that one year with the, not that single subject. I, single hear subject. You. <laughs> I will never go back into elementary school. Those those teachers, I, I tell you, have a have like they deserve so much more. I feel well, like. and they say and they say the same thing about you. Oh, and okay, I'm gonna okay. I'm, I'm gonna stop <laughs> you right there. I'm gonna stop you there and I'm gonna I'm gonna venture a guess that everybody wants to hear a little bit more about this story. Yeah. So I'm gonna okay. say thank you for joining us on You Learn Something New Every Day. And if you want to hear more from Nietzsche as well as our other weekly podcast, past and future, it's really easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes, look for you learn something new, press subscribe. And you will get a new show each week and you'll even get the rest of this show. So go ahead and do it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again on January 9th when our guest will be our family engagement coordinator, Ruby Rivera, who's also a friend of Nietzsche's. I know that. And she's going to be talking about our upcoming community equity conference that's going to be happening in February. So Thank you so much, and we'll, we'll see you in February. But again, come on over to um, You Learn Something New Every Day on iTunes and get the rest of this story. Thank you, Nietzsche. Thank you. All right, Nietzsche, tell, yes. us, about, <laughs> tell us about some of the activities that you're involved in on campus and in the community outside of your classroom. Okay, so... Um... For me, uh, you know, so the motivation for myself to extend myself outside the classroom is so that every single kid in in whatever school I belong to can get access to the best of what the education system has to offer. So uh, I, I I hooked up with the with the uh, organization called Eco Rise, and they are a um, a really stellar educational like program. Oh, I don't hear you. What happened here? Sorry. Okay, there we go. It? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, interrupted. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a little editing there. You Will said, you? okay, yeah, thank you. So, so start the, with Echo, Echo Rise again. Tell us what that is. 
So EcoRise brings, Eco-Rise. yeah, EcoRise, it just brings um, businesses and um, the stellar curriculum that teaches kids about the environment and the impact that they can make to help our environment. Um, and they give student grants. And so they teach us how to write, they teach us how to teach our kids how to write grants. So I, you know, I, last year I, I called them my eco heroes and I did this over Zoom. I had them write a grant and we did a recycling challenge and they did a trash eco audit. They, they tried to find out how much trash they each generated from their own homes. And, you know, we multiplied that by 800 and we were able to write a grant that kind of shows, you know, um, how much trash we diverted from the landfill by doing this um, this uh, recycling challenge, and so then the kids wrote a grant and then we got funded. You know, it got like a thousand five hundred dollars for that one grant, for, and the students were so happy to get that. So that's one. And the other one was the Steam Lab. I brought the Steam Lab to uh, Seattle Office Charter. It's called the Smart Lab, and I just wanted the kids to get um, as much exposure as possible to. Um, like the greatest technology possible, like, you know, acid music studio, you know, podcaster, you know, where they could um, record, um, you know, with a green screen in the background, um, home styler, architecture design, you know, just, just so they can get, understand, you know, how to work with real world things, you know, and just like learning how to code with, you know, using a 3D printer. And I wanted the kids at Sea Vista to have access to this because, you know, prior to, the steam lab opening the middle school did not middle schoolers did not have access to this can i tell you something i'm gonna interrupt you i have not i haven't had half the stuff that you just mentioned i don't even know what it is and this is supposed to be what i do for a living and it's that it's that old 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 dog new trick thing but i think i should come over sometime so you can show me some of this stuff i never heard of pad casting i mean you explained it but um, I, you know, I, I'm kind of old school and you say middle school kids haven't had access and neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come over, Joan. We, so, you know, it's so funny because these kids, some of these things, I don't even know how to use. Like, I don't know how to use that 3D printer, but we have these, you know, we have this, this kind of great instructional program where the kids like go in and they read the instructions and they figure it out. And you know what? They figure it out so much better than we do so much quicker than myself and the other coordinator of the steam lab sonia burkett i mean they just they go above and beyond we're just there to facilitate their learning and they just they pick what they want to learn what their interest lies in and like some some kids were doing claymation it was it's amazing and then one thing that's near and dear to my heart is um i wrote a grant with sergio garcia he's a community volunteer and um we brought Tyson Knight, who is in charge of the BAM program. Uh, he's the artist in the BAM program. We brought right. him in to do uh, more art mentoring to our younger kids, our third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade kids. Well, sixth grade does BAM, but um, we wanted to extend that art mentoring to them. because, And we picked the students that um, scored zero on their assets in the panorama survey, the ones, you know, those hard-to-reach kids. Because we wanted to give them an opportunity to excel in something, feel good about something. And, you know, my brother was an artist. And so funny, like Tyson's um, so phenomenal, his presence. And he teaches the kids how to, you know, how to go from, you know, a blank canvas to showcasing their art in a gallery. He's going to be doing that with the kids, right? So, I mean, I think to myself, like, wow, what if Nico had interacted with Tyson, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and and Tyson's been on the show before with Barbara 
And he is, you're right, he's fabulous. I did not know that he was doing work with your younger kids. That's yeah. great. Started doing work with our younger kids. And to me, that's just phenomenal. And I just, you know, and there was another grant that Sergio and I co-wrote, um, the trauma-informed, uh, trauma-responsive training with with author Maggie Klein. And, you know, and uh, this, this lady wrote a book called Brain Changing Strategies to Trauma-Proof Our Schools, a heart-centered approach. And to me, this is like my newest thing because I'm always trying to learn new things. And this, to me, just was an eye-opening thing, like how much each um, teacher can affect uh, the life of a single child, even if we're grounded, if we're grounded, our nervous system's regulated and the kids walk in, they attune themselves to the nervous system of the adult in the room. So if a teacher is not taking care of her, her, her mental health, they feel that and it gives them stress, you know, and it puts them into fight or flight. And then there's even more trauma, you know, <laughs> and so they don't feel safe. So the areas of their brain that are responsible for like, you know, reasoning and, 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 and learning, it shuts down mm -hmm. because they don't feel safe. So, right. yeah. So kids need to really feel safe around teachers and teachers really need to understand the impact they have, you know, um, with their students, you know, cause it could make or break a student. And that's what happened to my brother, right? That, you know, he, he came in, he had some trauma, maybe from the move from the Philippines. Maybe there's some things that happened, you know, in the neighborhood, we grew up in a poor, uh, poor neighborhood in Southeast San Diego. And, um, and he went into the school system and he started acting up and there wasn't like really a, a an adult there that, you know, maybe could extend some compassion to him and help him, you know, and my parents were so busy. Working. Right. <laughs> well, so and, and that, that's the case with a lot of parents. They're, you know, they're trying to keep food on the table and, yes. um, and clothes on the backs of their kids. And, yes. you know, equally as important is the, is making sure that they are connected with their kids and what's going on and how they're feeling and, and checking in and finding out and, and, and life just comes and, and yes. they think they're doing the best and yes. sometimes they're not, you know, yeah. and it's not their fault, but that's why it's so important. And then of course, there's the whole other side of kids that are living in uh, terrible situations at home, yeah. you know, and, and they come to school and you, you talked about that security yeah. and that's their blanket, you know, yeah. like the, the teachers, the counselors. I mean, we've added, we've added counselors over the past couple of years at every elementary school. And, you know, it's like, we knew how important it was. And I don't think we knew how important until they were there. Yeah. And, um, and now we're adding social workers. And because of course, COVID has created a whole yes. other layer of support. Like even the kids who didn't need it so much before. They need it. They, every kid needs it now. Yeah. So um, yeah, you're, you're right on target. It's so obvious why you're one of our state teachers of the year. Oh, thank Nancy. you. Thank um, you. So Tell me about how you how you felt at each step of the way here. First, you were your site teacher of the year, and so that was you were selected by your peers. Yes, so that, that's that was, pretty that special. That was an honor. Yeah, you know, I think part of it was the I, I facilitated this work to get the garden up and running because it was like just weeds. <laughs> it was like a right. abandoned lot of weeds, and there were some garden. There were some. 
attempts to to make it into a garden it would just always fall by the wayside and then just one day I was like okay guys let's start this and we started it and um and it was just a belief that you know we could do this together and it was I feel like it's kind of funny because I spearheaded the movement but really it wasn't just me it was the whole Sierra Vista charter community and we just came together and we created this wonderful garden but maybe because I spearheaded it and I decided you know what like I'm going to see this through and I, you know, maybe some people will not, you know, it's just that maybe the extra layer of coordination, you know, and just believing that this would happen. So I think because of that, they, you know, um, and I was able to get that going and it's still, it's sustainable, right? The garden's still going, you know, and the kids actually yeah. harvested um, today. <laughs> they did some harvesting today, but so, so they asked, you know, so they selected me and it was such an honor. And then, um, then, then it was like, after that, it was just essay writing. Like I had to really, really yeah. dig in and write and write and write and write. And of course there was an interview process that went along with that. And um, so the funniest thing was that, um, you know, it's so funny you mentioned Ruby because Ruby, um, she was one of the, the, uh, the people who wrote, you know, a, a, a great letter for me. And she, um, she got me involved in the science Academy Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, it's so funny how, like, when, you know, it's kind of, it, how do you say it, when, when things happen for a reason. So yeah. um, I was part of the Science Academy, and Dave Zemek did this wonderful demo of, like, blowing up a hydrogen balloon. So he, he mixed um, he mixed zinc and, um, and hydrochloric acid used in pools. And it, it, when there's a chemical reaction that happens, and then you can fill up a balloon, and it's a hydrogen balloon, which is highly flammable. So he does this on Zoom. And he shows, he, he shows us to the kids, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the best experiment ever. And wouldn't you know it, like a week later, the California um, state teachers, uh, the people who come in to, you know, to, to, view, to visit the California state teacher candidates came in. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to do that experiment that Dave Zemeck showed us on <laughs> Zoom from that science academy workshop that Ruby put together. And I called, I emailed Dave. I was like, Dave, you got to tell, you got to give me your zinc and your, you know, and he just hooked me up. And um, so we were sitting there, you know, the, so the, 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 it was like, I think it was like four, um, four people that came in, you know, to view my classroom. And I told the kids, okay, kids, you know, just be on your best behavior, but also be yourselves, you know? And, um, and so we did that. We actually, uh, we blew up a hydrogen balloon in front of them. I think they were scared to death. It was like, they, sh- it shocked them. Right. And then I, you know, I had this routine already set up with the kids, you know, where, um, you know, we, we see an interesting phenomena and then we get into a circle and we have a scientific discussion about it. So we had done that already with other things, you know, in, in, in the classroom. But so we did that and, you know, we did that in front of them. And the, and I think uh, the people, the committee, they just were so impressed because, you know, they saw the thinking that was coming from the kids and they also saw a cool science demo. But, oh, what a great story. And, and that certainly um, a, a great example of things happen for a reason. Yes. Uh, that's great. That room and saw it, you wouldn't have thought of, Oh, that would be a really good thing to show the the panel. Right. I really, I'm pretty confident that they would have selected you anyway, but um, <laughs> it was probably, I, which is awesome. So it was what, icing on the cake for sure. Absolutely. So do you have um, aspirations other than teaching? And I, and I don't, I'm not saying that um, to uh, diminish at all 
that how great teachers are and that you should be wanting to do something else. But I always like to ask, like, do you um, want to be an administrator or superintendent? Yeah. You know, I you always, I, no, I don't. I, always, don't. I said, I said, yeah, because people always ask me that question. Yeah. And I, to, okay. To my mind, like, I feel like, um, I don't want to be away from the students. So right. I wouldn't mind being like a teacher, like author. Like I wouldn't mind writing a book or maybe mm-hmm. going on, on and, and, and speaking at conferences, you know, <laughs> a teacher presenter. But I just feel like I need to stay grounded in the classroom because that's where the magic happens. Like today, I have my eco heroes. I have an elective where I teach um, environmental studies, environmental science and ecology. And I take these kids on a journey of just like self-discovery, like what are they passionate about in the science, you know, here and, you know, how do they want to affect the change in the world? How do they want to be, you know, scientists that can help the environment? And there was just this magical moment in the classroom where um, I had the kids do a slide, like a slide, they each took a slide on this one slideshow. And, um, you know, how would you convince, because we're selling we have a student store and we're selling uh, these aluminum bottles. And I said, you know, what would you say to convince another student to buy your aluminum bottles rather than having these single waste plastic bottles and find a video that can help convince them. And so we were looking for these videos on YouTube and then they had, you know, the verbiage, what they wanted to say to sell our aluminum bottles. And there was this one slide where this, this child found this like really moving, uh, message about how we should stop polluting the oceans and then you can just feel this this there's this palpable like energy in the room like you know what we're we have to change our ways we have to shift the way um we use plastic bottles because it's it's really um it's degrading our 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 quality of life and you know and i i they just took ownership of that and it's just so to me, like, I wouldn't change that for the world. And I wouldn't mind, like, showing other teachers how to do that. Well, I want to I, I keep on doing it. <laughs> and you know what? It's crystal clear. You're exactly in the place you want to be. And I'm going to I'm going to let you go, because as we're recording this show, we're about an hour away from the yes. city of Palm Springs declaring um uh, Nietzsche Avenia day and um, well deserved and kind of gave me a little late because Diego proclaimed <laughs> Nietzsche Avenia day weeks ago and um, <laughs> kudos, kudos to them for um, doing it you know kind of uh, shortly after the announcement so that that's wonderful and you oh, deserve it all ladies thank you so much thank for you. everything that you do and oh, i know Joan. you will be spending this year sharing your uh your wisdom and your gifts with a lot of people and so um thank you. Thank they're you. the beneficiaries and so are our kids thank oh. you thank you nietzsche Joan, new- thank you for being oh. awesome and supportive of all of us. Stuff like this is the best part of my job. Yeah. A new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look, feel, learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Brianna and Emily. Thank you again, Nietzsche, and we will see you next yeah. week.